You know, it's important that we gather this morning because uh, the scripture teaches us that the church is not just the body of Christ. Actually, on Sunday as I was sitting there, the Lord said to me, said, my family should meet first. He said, tell them, those who have ears will hear. Just tell them. He said, my family should meet first. And thank me before the natural family. Because first, God is always what? First. He doesn't play second fiddle. They gather my children, let them come to my house and give me thanks before they go home. And number two is because you know that if we do not, by action, tell people what today is supposed to be, they think it's for eating talking. It's you and I should dress up and your neighbor say, where well, I go is I'm going to church. What are you going to do? I'm going to thank God. Thanksgiving is to God alone. That's what it is. That's how you spread the good news too. You should not be afraid, ashamed of what God has ordained for your own good. You know, so a lot of people in this country, majority do not know what Thanksgiving is. They think it's talk, talking day. But it's for thanks. And if it's thanks, then the thanks is to who? To God. And who should lead the way? Is it not the body of Christ that should dress up on that day and let your neighbors know that in their consciousness they begin to develop it, that this is the day to give uh, thanks to God. Let us pray. Father, I want to thank you for the privilege we have in this nation that a day is set apart to give thanks to you. And as your church, we start everything with you. So we gathered in your house to give you thanks, to dance before you, and to hear your word. We trust you to speak to us this morning and help us to understand. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. In Luke chapter 17, 17, and Jesus answering said, We are there not ten cleansed, but where are the nine? There are not found that returned to give glory to God except this stranger. Jesus said, I heal ten people. So where are the nine? It, it's something that tells a story on its own. It means God expects us to return to give thanks. Where are the nine? Just don't be part of the nine. Where are the nine? That God is saying, where are those people that have done all these things for all the whole, the whole year? Where are they? So God expects us to be people who are grateful to him for what he does for us. You know, our Lord Jesus Christ in his life encountered a lot of ingratitude. So much of it. The reason is because the natural man, ingratitude is part of the fallen nature of man. It's part of the pride of human being. It's part of self-absorption. A life focused on self. Pride will not let somebody acknowledge that somebody else helped him. It will not. And even in your natural life, you know that a lot of people you have helped in life haven't even been good to you. Not alone taking the same tax. Many of them have been the people really you have problem with. And yet you did everything you could do for them, especially when they are family, close family members. So it's the fallen nature of man. Don't let it ever bother you. 
It's the fallen nature of man. It's the fallen nature of man. So you'd watch Israel that God called his own. Israel was not born again. Israel was just a natural, natural thing that God used to illustrate the church, the spiritual thing that was coming. Because nobody can understand the spiritual things we don't see, except God shows us the shadow of what it is. So he called Israel my first son. But Israel was just a physical thing. But we are the real sons of God that Paul wrote, that we are the real sons of God. So in the life of Israel, you will see how natural things happen when, when we try to serve God, worship God in the natural. A journey of few days will take how long? 40 years. When Jesus went to the same wilderness, the same wilderness, he faced the same temptations they faced, all of them. And he overcame all of them because he walked in the power of the Spirit. They went in the natural and fed all of them. All of them. And so here they are, you know, the, the wonderful miracles they witnessed. I told the women, I said, miracles will make you aware, but cannot build your faith. It's not going to happen. God designed that faith comes only by hearing his word and knowing him. Now they saw incredible miracles that God did. You know, you people know about all this story. And I was asking the Lord one time, I said, you did all these awesome miracles. And the people saw them. I said, if you do such a thing today, people might come into your kingdom. He said, but I gave you something more powerful than all the miracles. He said, I gave you my word. He said, I've exalted my word above my name. I didn't exalt miracle above my name. I exalted it above my power. He said, I gave the church the only thing that will build their faith and make them know me and they will not shake. It's my word. So now Israel saw all these miracles that God did. And they saw the race path. I mean, can you imagine race path? I mean, you are watching this thing. And their enemies came and they were swallowed right, right there. I mean, what can be more amazing, more fascinating than watch this thing happen before your eyes? And immediately after that, they began to sing. They were singing, you know, they, they took up dancing in every. Exodus 15, verse 1. They sang Moses and the children of Israel, they sung unto the Lord and spake, saying, I will sing unto the Lord, for he had triumphed gloriously. The horse, his rider, had he thrown into the sea. The Lord is my strength. And then you can read the whole of that chapter. It's about the Lord is this, the Lord is that. Three days after. How many days? You didn't hear me. How many days? Three. After seeing the sea part and singing all of this, I wanted to hear the same people. Three days after. Three. Exodus 15, 22. Then Moses led the people of Israel away from the Red Sea and they moved out into the desert of Shore. They traveled in this desert for how many days? Talk to me. How many days? I didn't make it up. It's right there. Three days without finding any water. Look at verse 23. When they came to the oasis of Mora, the water was too bitter to drink. So they called the place Mara, which means bitter, 24. Then the people complained and turned against Moses. Three days after. They turned against Moses. They complained. They murmured. 
only three days. It, the fallen nature of man is, that's it. It's like this. It's a very selfish thing, ingrate, unable to really appreciate anything. One month after, one month, Exodus 15, 16, 16, verse 1. Then the whole community of Israel set out from Elim and journeyed into the wilderness of sin between Elim and Mount Sinai. They arrived there on the 15th day of the second month, one month after leaving the land of Egypt. One month. One. There too, the whole community of Israel complained about Moses and Aaron. Three days after, murmuring complaint. One month after, and you would think that they were not seeing miracles when they complained. God showed the miracle, brought water. Changed that bitter thing, it became, it became good water. They saw it. One month after, complaining, murmuring against Moses, against Aaron. The very Moses they saw what God used this man to do. They complained against him. Again, like I said, in your normal life, you may have experienced it. You don't have to go too far. Because I said, don't let it bother you. That's the fallen nature of who? Man. And so when we come to Christ, he gave us a new nature. This nature is a praiser. This nature is a worshiper. This nature is not selfish. It's the nature of God. It's not focused on self. It's focused on others. It's appreciative. It's loving. It's humble. It's meek. The new nature we have is not like the nature of Israel. We have the nature of Christ. And so because, you know, I was telling them at the Believers Fellowship yesterday that <clears throat> and I want you to listen to me. People think that by not telling lies, you make yourself holy. It's not true. It's not bad. You are not telling lies because you are holy. That's not, the reason you won't tell a lie is because you are what? Holy. You, you can't tell somebody, don't touch the unclean thing when the person is unclean. God says, don't touch what? Unclean things. Why? You are clean. You are not like that. Our holiness came because God created us like him. Gave, created us in true holiness, in true righteousness. By nature, the new man is holy. And God is in you. Wherever God is, is what? Holy. He said to Moses, the ground where you stand is what? Why? God is there. God is there. And when he appeared to Israel, he said to Moses, take something and mark the boundary where they must not cross. Because if I step on this mountain, it's going to be holy ground. If they touch it, they die. I was saying that, I said, we sing uh, all the time. We are standing on. But we can't believe that we are holy. But we believe that ground is holy. We can't believe what. But we believe the ground where you are standing 
You are matching your shoe. It's holy ground. Why? God says, where two or three are gathered, what? In my name. And what? There. His presence makes it holy. His presence in you makes you holy. That's why you don't commit adultery. Because you are holy unto the Lord. So you don't touch unclean things. Otherwise, it will defile you. You can't defile something that is already defiled. That you don't commit adultery doesn't make you holy. You are already holy. You are already holy. So the reason you won't do that is because it's not your nature. It's not who you are. It's something strange. It's another thing. Because you are holy. You don't touch unclean things. Am I clear here? Because people struggle. They think, you know, the day you think you have acted where well, God will accept you, my friend, you're already holy. Can I hear amen? If you are, if you are singing of uh, holy ground, where your shoe is touching, especially after snow, why are you not holy? If the ground will be holy, why are you not holy? You must know that you are holy. And if you know that, it will help you to avoid unclean things. I don't, if you get me, shout hallelujah. You avoid unclean things. When you do things you don't know. But if you don't know that, you'll be struggling to make yourself holy. You'll be out of scripture. And the devil will finish you. He will finish you. Because what you are doing is you are negating what Christ already achieved and done in your life. You are denying it. So, because we have this new nature that is holy, why? Created after the image of God. And if it's after the image of God, then God is holy and we're holy. So this nature is not prideful. Now, if you find yourself prideful and things like that, you are living out of nature. Because you don't know who you are. You don't, look, if my brother Dave is sitting here. Dave, can you come just near him? My brother Dave is sitting here. I don't see, come near Come up here a little bit. Oh, no, no, because you wear a mask. Dave is sitting here. I don't see Dave dressed in white, going to put himself in a palm, where the pound palm plant, what they call that kind of thing that comes out of. Yes, because he will say no, no, no. If a car passes, pian and splashes, you know, instantly, what will he do? He will jump back. Why? That's who you are. But you know, if he's dressing, in, if he's dressed in his work dress, that is already dirty with oil and everything. If a car passes, say these people, that's the way they drive. <laughs> he won't jump back, like when he when he's really dressed like this. He would totally don't want that thing to because I'm white. It would defy my cloth. But if he's wearing the natural, the the work cloth that is. Oil and everything. You know, he said, the wife, these people, that's the way they drive. They don't even look. And he won't bother. Because the cloth is already... He's wearing white. The reason he's avoiding that is not to make him white. He's already white. Thank you. And so that's we are praisers. We have a new nature that appreciates and praises. That's why we are priests unto God. We're wearing our priestly dress. It's not the dress of Aaron. 
were putting on Christ, the high priest cloth. He is the high priest. He dresses us in himself. We are putting on the righteousness of Christ. We are priests because by nature we are worshippers and praisers. If you go to heaven, you know what they do? Worship and praise. First Peter 2.5 Ye also as lively stones are built up a spiritual house. We are not kind of house. We are not like Israel. They are the shadow. We are the real. Spiritual house. And holy. And what? Holy. Abba, did you hear me? And what? Who is he talking about? Oh, who is he referring to? What did the Holy Spirit call you? Holy. Holy priesthood. To offer up spiritual sacrifice. Not carnal sacrifice. Because we are born again. Born of the Spirit. We have a new nature. And one of the sacrifices, Hebrews 13, 15, by him therefore let us offer the sacrifice of praise to God continually. That is the fruit of our lips, giving thanks to his name. And this praise that we give is continually. We don't speak like the world. They, they, you can see that they don't, they don't have the ability to appreciate anything. But you speak like oracle of God. His praise will continually be in my mouth. Why? You are a priest. If nobody will worship God in any situation, you must not join them. If they say there's a casting down, you lift up your hand and say, Praise the Lord, oh my soul. Blaze the Lord, blaze the You know what happens? They look at you as strange. They don't know you are a priest. And you are standing in your priestly office to give him praise continually. But when you give that praise, you give him opportunity to change situations. So we give thanks all the time. Number two, we are to worship him in spirit and in truth. Jesus said God is looking for people who worship him in spirit and in truth. Mark chapter 7, verse 6. He answered and said unto them, Well had Isaiah prophesied of you hypocrites, as it is written. These people honored me with their what? lips, but their heart is far from me. How be it in vain they worship me. God does, there are things God doesn't accept. One of them is hypocritical worship. If you want to really deal with God, I've been saying this, you must give, do it with all your heart. God doesn't take one quarter of your heart. It's all. If you want to seek God, the Bible says, if you seek me with what? All your heart. Let me tell you something. I had this testimony. If this will illustrate it for you. God gave one man the privilege of moving him into the spirit to hear human beings, how we are. Two men were in their house, in the kitchen. They were conversing. And God made them hear their heart. He said, he said oh my God. He said they were talking to each other and they were hearing two conversations from each other. 
One is the one from where? And the other one was, he said, surprisingly and shocking to me, what they were telling to each other is opposite of what they had in their heart. Totally opposite. They said they were telling nice things in the your mouth, but in their heart they were resenting. He said, I said to God, what is this? He said, that's human beings. That's why I watch their heart, not their mouth. That's human beings. Jesus said, if you want to worship God, don't worship him with carnality. Worship him with truth and truth. Let that worship be true. What you are saying, let it be what is well. Ah, you are not hearing. Let it be what is well. Because you can be telling God one thing while you mean another. We do it a lot. They call it diplomacy. Somebody doesn't like you. He will say, hey, brother, hey, I really miss you. Hey, hey how is everything? He didn't miss you nothing. <laughs> nothing. It's trying to be nice. We do it, and the Bible calls it hypocrisy. And we have practiced these things just to get by in relationship. We bring it to God too. I'm telling you the truth. If you want to worship him, if you want to dance before him, do it in truth. If you want to benefit from God, be honest with him. The Bible says that God desires truth in the own world. Don't come and be pretending to God when you are not feeling good. Be sincere. Again, that brother, when I listened to that brother, the thing shook me. He said, God, let me hear. Let me show you human beings. See, these two men were in our kitchen. They were talking to each other. He said, but I was hearing two conversations here too. And loud voices, I was hearing loud. And I said to God, what is happening? He said, that's human being for you. This is what they do. Talking to each other nice, but in their heart they were really resented. What they were saying would oppose it of what they had in their Do you know the one God will take? The one they had. He said, these people honor me with their a lot of people do that. We are not committed to Jesus. We, we, we offer him all manner of stuff to fulfill our righteousness. It's not good for you. You will miss a lot by doing that kind of thing. That's an insult to God, to try to deceive God. God said, in vain they worship me. It's vain. It's what, it won't benefit anything. And then we want to give God offering. Let's give offering that is worthy of his name. It's all part of this hypocritical song. Part of it. You can't on the day you come to Thanksgiving. You the day you, when they said, come and give time, you start looking for what to give. That's when you are looking for it. Is that how you treat people of honor? If you are going to marry, don't you get ready, prepare? And your people will say, please add some more things. We know those people. Then you, you put cloth. They say, put more. You, put, you package all those things before you leave. Because you want to honor your in-laws. 
I don't see anybody going to marry when you get there. They after welcoming you with all that welcoming, and they say it's time to bring what you say. You start bringing your wallet to check whether you give them $10. No, no. You already made up your mind what you think is worthy to be there. And God says, if you want to give me something, give it to your leaders first. Try it with human leaders first. Stop insulting me. I gave you your life. I gave you everything you have. You came into this world with nothing. Absolutely not. Everything you have, I give you here. And the day you die, you leave it here. Don't we learn? What you are holding back, is it yours? I'm going to tell you something. If whatever you are holding back from God, you love that thing more than God. Period. No questions about it. If you, God's definition of love is do what I said. Do what I said. And I was telling them, I think one program where I said, you know what Jesus did? He said, I want to show the world I love my father. He said, everything he says to me, I do. And what did God say? God required a lamp. Jesus said, I am the one. Behold, uh, he, said, I, he said, my father loved me because I laid down my life. He wants a life to sacrifice, I give it to him. He said, I laid it down willingly, nobody forced me. Then God required a body. And he said, here I am. He gave God everything. Brethren, that is true worship. Real worship. Number one worship. I don't want to go there today. You can't give God money. <laughs> and you call him almighty. That's saying one thing and do another. I read about, daddy gave me a book about sacrifices of Christians who pay the price. And I read about this missionary in India doing very wonderful work they were doing and they had this orphanage and things. And then the night they had a very successful program. Some people came and killed him and his two boys. Burned them alive. You know the price people have paid for this kingdom. Burned them alive. And the day they were doing their service, the wife stood up and said, Ten days before they killed my husband and my two children, Jesus came to me and said, will you give me everything you have? Will you surrender everything to me? And I said, yes, Lord. I didn't know he was asking me for my husband and my children. That they will be, they will be killed in my name. And you're holding back a dollar? <laughs> The Bible says, don't trust that money. It has what? <laughs> Hold him back, dollar. Hold him back, dollar. If you really have intimacy with the Holy Spirit, let me tell you something. Before you go to church, he will tell you what he wants to do. I'm not kidding you. He will tell you what he wants you to give him. He will tell you about the church programs on his own. You won't forget it. He will tell you their CCP, and I want you to give them so so so. I'm the one doing that. And your prayer will, be, will come from the Spirit of God, not from flesh. You know, we don't know our need. You think you know your need? Don't know anything. 
when you when your prayer is originated from the Holy Spirit, He gives you exactly what you need to pray about. When those things come with intimacy with Him, withholding back nothing and giving Him your whole life. We're busy fighting. This person told me this there. Say this there. This there. <laughs> Mundane, canal, worthless stuff. They have no value spiritually. Waste our time there. So why is the fellowship with him? Malachi 1.6 says, the Lord of heaven's army says to the priest, a son honors his father, and the servant respects his master. If I'm your father and master, where are the honor and respect I deserve? You have shown contempt for my name, but you ask how have we ever shown contempt for your name? You have shown contempt by offering defiled sacrifices on my altar. You say you bring me degraded stuff. Things you don't want. In fact, at a point, he said, I wish you close that church and let them get out. And if I start, he said, you say it's too hard to serve the Lord. It's too hard. I don't have time. <laughs> I don't have time. Ah. Thanksgiving safeguards your faith. It's very important to know this. It keeps your faith safe. It protects you against murmuring and grumbling. Philippians 3.1 Whatever happens, my dear brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. Whatever happens. Do what? I didn't hear you. Do what? Say it loud now. Do what? Rejoice in the Lord. I never get tired of telling you these things. Why? I do it to safeguard your faith. Because the devil push you into murmuring. You know, if you read the scripture, you will see where God was telling, Paul was writing, he said to the church, he said, you husband and wife, if you want to fast, if you want to fast, make sure you agree. And so you fast and avoid sex. But come back, how? Huh? Quickly. You say, why? The devil will tempt you even in your fasting. Fasting doesn't stop the devil. It will tempt you then. He tempted Jesus. Why would he tempt you? He said, we tempt you because of your incontinency. In the middle of that fast, he will make you come sin. He said, come back quickly. And if two of you don't agree, don't go ahead and meet this need. Because he will tempt you. He knows. He knows. He knows what you want. He will bring it. So, when you are passing through temptations, the devil will add another dimension to it. He will make you grumble and murmur and open door for him. Give him entrance. And so Paul said, I, I keep telling you people, no matter what, rejoice so. You don't feel like it. Yeah, but you're a priest to bring him sacrifice of praise. Acts 16, 25. 
and at midnight. What time? Midnight represented the middle of the suffering, the heat of it. The heat of it. Paul and Silas prayed and complained. Paul said, Silas, you know, we are worshiping, we are serving God. God sent us here. Why are we here? And where is God? Should have come to no, no sort. That was why he was writing to the church. He said, I'm, one, I'm telling you, people, I don't get tired. No matter what, do what? Rejoice. So, but at that midnight time, when things were hot, when there was nobody to help, it, was, it looked hopeless. They were not in prison, they were in innermost prison. Book of Revelation said, Some of you, the devil will put in, in, in jail for 10 days. Believe you me, there are things that will happen to your life that nothing you can do about it. it will happen. But God will deliver you out of it. There's nothing you can do about it. It will must, must happen. I don't know why. But Revelation said, some of you, they will put in jail for 10 days. He said, Satan will do that. But it's only 10 days. I'll bring you out. Jesus said, some of you, they will kill There are things that will happen. I don't know why it must be so. But believe you me, yes. Yes. So the Bible said, don't count it strange now. When you fall into what? Diverse temptation. I say something strange. No, no, no. There are things that, that must happen. Can't, you can't, have, can't stop it. Why? I don't know. I don't get it all. But the Bible told us to rejoice no matter what uh, happens. Because you know there are things that will happen that you won't feel like rejoicing. He says, safeguard your faith. Now, in that place we are reading Acts 16 verse 25, we read it at midnight then in verse 26. I mean, sorry, at midnight <clears throat> and at midnight Paul and Silas prayed and sang praises unto God. I'm, I'm sure they didn't feel like but you don't follow your flesh. You don't worship him in the flesh. You worship him in the spirit. You don't let your flesh determine. Jesus said, God is looking for those who worship him in spirit. Not those people who worship him by the flesh. They are flaky. Flaky. Today, things, I told you a story about one man that went to the north to preach. I think Rihanna Bonke. Bonke. There was people, crowd. So... All these people selling, you know, all these malam that sell suya and things. They were all there. So market was good. So when they finished the, the program, somebody was talking to the malams. The, the malam told them, say, yesterday God was good, but today it's not. Because no more market. The program is over. The crowd has disappeared. Nobody is buying suya from him. So he said, God was good uh, yesterday when the crowd was here. It's but today it's not... Uh, that's the fickle thing that flesh does. It works by sight. It doesn't know anything. Jesus said, if you want to worship God, it's by your spirit. Because your spirit knows what it should know, which your flesh doesn't know. It knows it's 10 days. After 10 days, you are. Actually, you should be able to see the end of that thing. Your spirit sees. Let me tell you something. You know whether you are healed or not by your spirit first, before it happens. Truth. Your spirit, you know it in your spirit, this thing is gone. It may not go physically, but in your spirit, you know it. 
hasn't it happened to you? There are things you know and they happen. You say, I know this. You know. I know it was going to happen. How did you get to know? Your spirit picked it up that this is going to happen. If you develop your spirit and you are conscious of your spirit, you live in a high pedestal of life than this lower one where I have all this confusion. And so, so at midnight they were singing. And then what happened? Verse 26. And suddenly, can somebody shout suddenly for me? Suddenly. Suddenly. Unexpectedly. It was not announced. It was not planned. But a God who was hearing them. Suddenly, there was a great earthquake. So that the foundations of the prison were shaken. And immediately, all the doors were opened. And everyone's band were loosed. Why? God found his priests standing in their place of worship and declared the altar of God is here. And the presence of God came. Everyone became holy. Where the spirit of God is, there is what? Immediately that presence manifested. There couldn't be bondage there. Everything, boom, 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 because that's what happens. Whatever the presence of God manifests, there's liberty. What happened here is not unusual. It's what the scripture said. But what made the presence manifest? Because Paul and Silas honored God above their problem. They worshipped him above. Instead of worshipping their problem, they worshipped God. It's a choice. He protected their faith. And God showed up. To those that believe all things are possible. Can I hear amen? amen. Ah, I want to hear a bigger amen. Yeah. So when we offer this worship, it be from the heart. All this worship of anxiety and all these things. Especially when you have bitterness in your heart and carrying resentment and judging people. Who made you a judge over people? Who? Somebody called me yesterday and was telling me what somebody did in the village and then what they said in the village. And I, I, this one, as I was you know, sharing my time with the Lord, and the Lord probably said, call those people in the village and talk with them. Show them love. I called them and we had a wonderful conversation. I mean, after that conversation, I couldn't be happier. I was not ready to preach. Not because I was angry, but no, no. But because the atmosphere was very, very awesome. I could see their need. I could see why. I could understand their frustration. Why they are doing that. And I said, God, if I'm in their position, I would do the same thing. So instead of all those murmuring, there was compassion for them. Sincere compassion. Not prideful compassion. But sincere sharing in their pain. You know, that lifted all of us up. You know, you can lift, God can lift your family out simply because of you. What did God do to Potiphar's house? He blessed it because of who? Joseph. Because of Joseph. The whole, the whole Egypt because of Joseph. But God said, I'm looking for those who worship me in truth and spirit. Because I want to do something. I want to do something. You know, I was reading... I was reading Genesis and Exodus, and I said to the Lord, why? You said you, you revealed yourself as 
Almighty. He said, but now you want to reveal yourself as Lord. He said, they're not the same thing. He said, really? I said, I thought they were saying, no, it's not the same thing. He said, when I revealed myself as Almighty, I was dealing with nature and natural things. I wanted to show that I have control over natural things. He said, when revealing myself as Lord is my kingdom, I reign over all powers, demonic powers, spiritual powers, sickness, whatever. I'm Lord of all. I'm Lord. I'm boss. Can I hear? That's why Jesus came as Lord. Number four, which is the last one. We need to thank him with understanding, not in ignorance. Why are you really thanking God? What has he done for you? If somebody comes to you and starts thanking you, you know the first question? What is the first question? For what? Somebody was praising God and God said to him, for what? He didn't know. He said, why are you praising me now for what? The reason we do this is because we don't believe the scripture really. We think we can do anything. You can't do anything. The scripture guides you in everything, in prayer, whatever. If you get outside the scripture, the Holy Spirit will follow you there. Psalm 47, 7. For God is the king of all the earth. Sing ye praises with understanding. Don't come there with ignorance. With understanding. Why are you praising God? Today is Thanksgiving. What has God done for you? For which you are giving thanks. Don't come because today is Thanksgiving. There has to be. There has to. You know, I started to study. And the Lord said to me, why don't you really spend time worshiping me? And let's go through your life. He said, don't do this thing blindly now. That's where this, this last point came from. <laughs> this last point came from that conversation this morning. I had it before, but it, it developed it for me this morning. And then he gave me some 103 verse too. It reminded him of this scripture. Let all that I am praise the Lord. May I never forget the good things he what? He does for me. He forgives all my sins, heals all my diseases. He redeems me from death, crowns me with love, tender mercies. He fills my life with good things. My youth is renewed like the eagles. He started to enumerate them. God said, don't forget what I have. Don't forget. And you know that God is serious about that because whatever he did for Israel in, the, in Egypt, he would tell them, do this as a remembrance and tell it to your children. They told us on Sunday, say, if you want, he said, Sunday, bring, let every family bring me offering for the poor. He said, teach your children those things. Some people joke about it. They won't do it. It's up to you. So today we are going to worship him and praise him, but with understanding. Count your blessings. Name them what? One by one. I'm done. Let us pray. Father, we just want to thank you again for the word you've given us. Lord, I pray that you cause this word to enter every here, both those here, and all the hundreds of people that are listening to us within America, outside America, in Africa, so many places, that their word will bear fruit is the important thing. You, did, you, didn't, you don't give us your word to go and be clapping for it. 
No farmer sows a seed to be clapping for it. You sow it so that it will bear fruit. So that it will transform our thinking and bring us to the point of acting on your word. I pray, Lord, that you bring us to that point. That we give time to meditate on these things. That we go home and listen to these things. That we put your word where it should be. That we honor your word with all our heart, with all our being. Thank you, merciful Father. In Jesus' name we pray.